Hey guys, before we get started today, wanted to let you know about another ESPN podcast. You already know about it. It's Dominique Foxworth's show, The Dominique Foxworth Show. Obviously, you're familiar with him from this show. Um, but if you haven't checked it out, it's a great show. Of course, Dominique brings his unique perspective on football, but he talks about a lot of other stuff too. Smart guy. So check out The Dominique Foxworth Show. Listen wherever you're listening to this podcast. featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcast where one of the hosts is older than Tom Brady in dog years. That's Lenny. I'm Munich Imes. Bill, the number one reason why I'm sad that Tom Brady is finally retiring is that it means there will no longer be an NFL player who is always older than me. Mm, Adam Vinatieri uh, put that, that pain on me. Tom Brady <sighs> is the only NFL player who was left from when I was in high school. So... Mm. It really hit hard this morning for the we second need, time in two years. We need Justin Tucker to play forever. That's on you, Justin. That, um, that okay. Be, <laughs> like, how long do you think Justin Tucker could plausibly play for? A long time. He could be into his 60s. I think he would still be one of the best kickers <laughs> in football. Don't don't jinx it, please. Um, so originally when I reached out to you about doing a podcast this week, the premise that I came up with was let's talk about all of the teams who have been eliminated from the playoffs, who were in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and say one thing that they have to do to go farther in the playoffs next year. I actually think um, that's a really good lens to talk about Tom Brady's retirement because uh, there are two teams that are very much so affected by his retirement. Of course, mm-hmm. the Bucks, who, lest we forget, did make it to the playoffs this year. <laughs> and then the San Francisco 49ers. Bill, I did like... 15 minutes of content yesterday about how <laughs> the Niners should go after Brady. Um, so that's not happening. So that's interesting. And it makes their offseason more interesting. Uh, other than that, is there anything you would like to say about Tom Brady retiring? Um, hmm. Kind of hit everything I was going to hit <laughs> last year. I mean, honestly, if yeah, you had to put a this. percentage on it, how much? What are the chances that you think he's actually done? Oh, he's done. You think he's done done? I think he's done because last year, I mean, I I thought he was done last year and like who the heck knows what motivates anyone to do anything. Oh, sure. But last year he truly retired. I felt like not on top, but like, you know, he goes out throwing that beautiful go ball to Mike Evans. Mm -hmm. It was so clear that he could still play at a high level. And And I do believe he could still play at a reasonably high level. But I also believe this year you saw a Tom Brady who was really averse to pressure in a way that I think was different from the previous year and made me and makes me think, oh, yeah, I can see why he wouldn't want to do this anymore. You saw over it Tom Brady, which is but, yeah. not unwarranted, to be fair. Um, Yeah. And like like you said, we, we already did the goodbyes. This is Tom Brady retiring now is a little bit like when you say goodbye to someone and then you end up walking in the same direction <laughs> and it's really awkward. Like... Oh, okay. Uh, we already hugged. Uh, you're the greatest of all time. Congratulations to the Pharaoh. Everybody calls him the Pharaoh. <laughs> Pro football reference nickname. Um, before we get to the, the team stuff, I do want to talk about something that I think is a little bit more interested, interesting, which is some of these coaching hires. Yes. Um, so there's been three big ones. I didn't, I, I didn't hit the Frank Reich one at all, so I, I do want to touch that a little bit. Uh, mm. And then D'Amico Ryans to the Texans. But first, I, I want to talk about Sean Payton to the Broncos, which is genuinely fascinating. Yes. And it affects many teams. Um, so, Bill, let's start here. Well, first, I want to give people some context. There was a little bit of um, insider 
warfare <laughs> going on yesterday. So our Adam Schefter broke the news that the that Peyton's going to the Broncos and that the Broncos are trading their 2023 first round pick, which is number 29. It's the one I believe they got back for the Bradley Chubb trade from Miami and a second round pick for the Saints third. Uh, and then uh, Rap Sheet was like, uh, to the last second they wanted D'Amico Ryans. And then Adam was like, they never wanted anything with Peyton. <laughs> so uh, anyways, the, the net result is that uh, Sean Payton is a Denver Bronco. L- let me start here. Like, how do you view this from the Broncos' perspective? And then we'll get to the Saints and stuff a little bit later. Mm. Well, I always felt like the Broncos should just throw all the Walmart money at Sean Payton because they're basically priced in at this point, right? They're they're in the Russell Wilson business. That's not going anywhere anytime soon. And if you look at the people who are on the market, who you would plausibly think, okay, this is the person who gives us the best chance of fixing this major investment we've put in, it's Sean Payton, even though he costs more than anybody else because of the draft capital involved mm-hmm. going back to the, Bron- to the, the, the Saints. And I feel like if you could sort of go to a genie and say, hey, genie, we need to fix Russell Wilson, and the price was, oh, give us a first-round pick and we'll fix Russell Wilson, you would do that in a heartbeat. It's just throwing an extra first-round pick into the bad trade you made last year. So I, I, I felt like it was the logical landing spot. I kind of you know, heard the rumors, the back and forth about um, whether they were willing to do it. Uh, there were, of course, I think Woody Page tweeted that the the top the the first three number one choices for the Broncos had turned them down. I'm not sure if Payton (laughs) figured in that mix. But (sighs) what I found interesting is that I think there were so many sort of wide ranging reports about what the draft capital was going to be in this trade. How do you feel about where it landed? I'm in agreement with you. Like, I think if you would just separate from the Payton thing said, you want a first round pick to fix Russell Wilson, you'd take that every time over I don't know what you take an offensive lineman you know yes. a defensive tackle I also think uh Sean Payton is worth it I I I don't feel like forgotten how good he is yes um but I I I mean you could point to so many instances in his career of him getting the most about from his offense the the one that I posted is I think the most dramatic and of course recent example which is from 2019 through 2020 when Peyton was coaching a combination of Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, and the desiccated husk of Drew Brees' <laughs> arm, the Saints had like the second most efficient offense in football, mm-hmm. even though they averaged like negative air yards per <laughs> attempt. I mean, the dude is a wizard. Did you guys watch the Saints this year? Did you yes. watch the Saints? Like, you know, it was always like, oh, how much is Sean Payton in it? And how much is Pete Carmichael? Well, now we know, y'all. So um, <laughs> Saints fans, don't get mad. We'll get to the, how this is good for you in a second. Um, so I do think, and I also would say this, Bill, you know, even... If he can't fix Russell Wilson, I would still want him to be my yes. coach for the long term. And like, I have to think that Peyton does this deal, which is probably for a zillion dollars, knowing that he has the flexibility to move on from, even though it's going to be an insane cap charge, you know, we're talking like 30 million, 40 million the next year. I don't have it in front of me. It's a lot. I, I have to think he has that option if 100%. he wants to do it. Hundred percent. He he's not making this move for one year. And then the Broncos, the fact that they're giving up a first round pick tells you they're not making this move just for one or two years to fix Russell Wilson and then Sean Payton is gonna go back to Fox and be on their like seventeen person <laughs> pregame show. Like like this is I a long term. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they have to, right? Like the missing piece. You're right, pay you if you're paying someone that much money, like you gotta get as much he should be on every show Fox he should be on Mass Singer, he should be on everything they have to work with. Um, Justice for Greg Olson. All right, keep going. Yes, yes. 
with 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 the Broncos, I mean, even if Russell Wilson does improve, you'd figure, okay, that's a a two three year window where he's going to be their guy, and then they're going to start thinking about what that future looks like. And I would assume Sean Payton is going to be there. He was in New Orleans for a long time before he um, ran their cap into the ground and then mysteriously decided to retire and go coach somewhere else. Uh, That's another conversation I guess we could have about the Saints. But, you know, I I feel like this is the best case scenario for the Broncos. And and there's no guarantee. Like, it's not Russell Wilson could still be bad next year. This offense could struggle still. But this at least gives you the most hope. I feel like he's going to get more out of him, too. Has to. I mean, I don't think, look, I, Russell Wilson, I think, is clearly past his prime. But watching, I, I, one of the reasons why I think you'll get more out of him, aside from the fact that, you know, Sean Payton has proven to be, again, the man called an offense for Taysom Hill. He is adaptive. Oh, uh, Drew Brees that's is, a good point. <laughs> do, do, do we see... Taysom Hill get traded to the Broncos. Oh my God! Is that part? Are you surprised that was not part of this deal? <laughs> he, he, Sean Payton rolls up in like um, a motorcycle with a little sidecar, and Taysom <laughs> Hill's sitting in it. Um, you know, we we all know the things that you need from Russell Wilson at this point in his career. Heavy play action. There has to be. You know, he still can throw the ball deep. You certainly saw that at points during Denver. Um, but I also think you need a coach who can kind of exercise authority over him does that make mm-hmm. sense like i think part of the disaster of the nate hackett russell wilson combo was russell wilson came in and said all right it's russell wilson time like we're doing <laughs> you know the offense that i want and it was clearly wrong i think russell wilson has to defer to john payton of all people when he says okay this is what you're good at, at this point in your career this is what we're going to do we're going to build off of these concepts mm-hmm. um there have been quotes circulating too where he talked about it as an analyst this year and you know, he clearly has something in mind for this season. So I wouldn't be surprised if his play improves. Um, you know, they're, they're, because they don't have draft picks or cap space, it's not going to be easy, but it's still a decent roster and guys will be coming back from injury as well. So, um, you know, I, I expect them to be certainly more competitive than they were this year. For sure. And I think our memory of the Saints offense is that like final version of the Drew Brees offense where it was just it was like let's just throw the ball underhand and see if we can get the ball six yards downfield but I you know the offense is going to change it's not going to be that version of the offense and that would be a terrible idea for Russell Wilson quick games never going to be his strength it was obviously a huge strength for Drew Brees and the Saints but I think the important thing about this offense that Sean Payton's going to have to get from Russell Wilson is not how far he throws the football, but when he throws the football. I think he has mm-hmm. to be on time. And I think that's going to be the the part that Sean Payton really has to work with to get the most out of Russell Wilson. You know, I, I think there's going to be windows opening for passes. Number one, Russell has to trust that those windows are going to be there, which I don't think he had for yeah. most of this season. And then I think Sean Payton has to make sure that Russell Wilson gets the ball out in those windows. And, you know, Russ can be a guy where his strength in Seattle at times was you know, improvising, extending plays, getting out on the run and throwing the ball. And that's that should always be a part of a Russell Wilson offense. But I do think that that's the like like if we get to week one and he's hitting like 14 yard digs, like, you know, right on time, we'll know it's going <laughs> to be good. I, I also think, um, you know, Sean Payton is really good at calling run game. And yes. that is something that Russell Wilson really needs at this point in his career. Obviously, Javante Williams hurt last year in Denver. He'll come back. Um 
and we'll see they might i could see them adding there frankly going for like more of a pass catching back mm-hmm. to sort of approximate the camara role a little bit more but uh again that's like another one of his strengths and something that i think will really really help this broncos offense next mm-hmm. year um on the other side of it you yeah. know you and i have criticize the saints cap management <laughs> and um they have some problems but this is this feels like finding you know a hundred dollars in your sofa cushion like this it's huge for them to get these draft picks especially since obviously they didn't have draft picks yes uh, well okay yes it is a positive guess the team that has hater. maxed out every one of their credit yeah, cards since your hater did find out you, you could you could tell the butt is coming i'll just get to it i'll, I'll just go straight to it they had two offers, reportedly, according to Adam Schefter, I believe, that they could have chosen from. So the first one, the one they took, was Payton and a 2024 third-round pick for that 2023 first-rounder, which I believe is 30, coming from the Niners via the Dolphins, and a 2024 second-round pick. So they get a late first-rounder this year, and they trade a two for a three next year. Obviously, going to help them a lot when they traded their first-round pick to the Philadelphia Eagles, who are in the Super Bowl. And are getting a top, like a top 10 pick now back Shaking from the Saints. Damn head. Mm. Now, trade two, the trade they turned down. Sean Payton with no additional pick attached for a 2023 third round pick and a 2024 first round pick. So the possibility of getting a much better first round pick from a team that was a mess this year and maybe will be better this year, but maybe they might suck again. That's not out of the question. I think that trade is better unless you're the least patient team in the NFL. <laughs> and unfortunately, the Saints are the least patient team in the yeah. National Football League. <laughs> um, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, the Saints are never going to take the, the long-term deal. Um, still, you know, this is, the, I mean, this is a team, the whole NFC South needs quarterbacks, which I think oh, is yeah. amazing, by the way. Yes. So they, they very much so need a quarterback, and it'll be interesting to see how they approach it, whether they try to draft someone um, they package draft picks to move up and grab someone. Uh, there, there are other needs, unfortunately, though, on this roster. I mean, you got guys like, you know, Marcus Davenport's going to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Jordan's getting up in the years. He, he was tweeting about how they need a quarterback and um, a defensive tackle, which I love. I love that the head judge was like, please. Um, <laughs> you know, the, 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 there, there's still talent on this roster. I mean, Chris Olave was sure. incredible this year. Yes. What a pick he was. For sure. But I mean, you know, some improvement from Penning, hopefully. They're but the there, oldest there team in football. They're what? They're the oldest oh, team yeah. in football this season. And they're not, when you trade your first round pick away, tough to get younger. So this will help a lot, but it does kind of feel like there, there's very little toothpaste left in this tube. Mm. And instead of getting a new thing of toothpaste, it's just like, oh, we'll just squeeze the tube of toothpaste harder. There's got to be some more in there. So we'll see how that goes. So the other coaching hire is a little bit less spicy. Uh, D'Amico Ryans to the Texans. Six-year deal. Had to be. Uh, yeah, right. There's no way he takes that unless he's locked in. Um, obviously, you know, D'Amico Ryans, everybody's favorite coaching candidate this yes. offseason, universally beloved and admired, incredible at his job, um, you know, and is tasked with rebuilding a franchise that, of course, has been an abject mess uh, over the last few years. I guess my question for you is, um, you know, what do you think is – so he's got to put together a staff, which I think is kind of interesting, sure. especially offensively. Uh, they need a quarterback. They have the number two overall pick. So I guess – the job first job is just deciding whether they want to allocate that draft capital to a quarterback or work on a defense that's still full of holes. 
yeah, I, I obviously think that the quarterback is the right move. Unless you think there's no one, unless you think there's only one quarterback who's worth taking and that guy happens to go with the first overall pick because Leffy Smith decided to ruin your tanking uh, on the way out in week 18. Um, you know, certainly the quarterback is the better play in terms of the surplus value. Um, as good as adding an edge rusher like a Will Anderson might be, uh, just just the, 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 the amount that quarterbacks cost, the like 40, 45, now $50 million probably a year for a franchise quarterback. If you can get a guy at two who makes five, six, seven million dollars a year, it's such a value for your organization that um, unless you are so confident in an edge rusher, you have to go for the quarterback. Yeah. And you know, that's going to be a scouting thing. I, I don't know if that's already been decided or there's already some some organizational kind of insight into that based on who they were scouting this year before D'Amico Ryans arrived. I mean, by all accounts, I imagine Nick Casario will still have um, personnel power, but certainly I, I don't think D'Amico Ryans is coming into this without any idea about what they're going to do with the second overall pick. I I will say, I want to know what you think. Were you surprised he chose this job? You know, in a way, yes, because Texans, oh my God, right? But um, I part of me would rather take this job over the Broncos job. So like, I mean, it, it, it's so hard with these jobs because it's like, how much does ownership matter, right? And like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the Texans ownership deservedly has their share of critics. Yes. But there's also something to coming in for what is something I think to, to vouch for or that I like about go- joining a obvious total rebuild and getting time to do it um which is clearly the case here i mean that's the other part of the six-year contract although we have seen teams uh rip them up recently oh, matt sure. rule by the way in the news for still trying to get five million dollars out of carolina um can you blame him no <laughs> um you know i i think for him it's like okay well we know we suck we've been bad we sure. have a couple a few young players scattered throughout but for the most part this is a total total rebuild we're going to let you, you know, go get a young quarterback. So there's something I think kind of appealing about that. Um, and I will say, like, you know, again, this is just, I was looking at this roster. I don't know if you've looked at it lately. Um, not a lot of talent, a lot of problems, a lot of holes. Uh, I do think, though, like, you know, that there's some talent in the secondary. You got For sure. this year's draft, Jalen Petrie, um, Derek, Stingley. Derek Stingley Jr., of course. Yeah. And, and then offensively, um, at least you have one of the better left tackles in football, which should help when you draft a young quarterback. But it, yes. it's a full, it's a full rebuild. Like no, and and I, I guess everybody knows it. So at least it's clean. Do you do you go further backwards? Like, are you trading Brandon Cooks? Are you yeah? You know, like like you know, because I feel like the Nick Casario thing the past couple of years has not been let's just bottom out and let's just yeah. get as many young players as possible. It's been especially the first year before they had the draft picks in year two from the Watson deal. Uh, it's really been like, ah, let's just sign a bunch of guys on one-year deals, and right. we'll see how that goes. And that's been fine, but hasn't like helped them compete. And I think that's that's my concern here for Demico Ryan's is that they're not one year away from having hope; they're a couple years away from having hope. Let alone making a significant playoff push. And I look at you know the Jets and Robert Sala, his his predecessor in San Francisco, and how quickly that defense was able to turn around, and they were a legitimately uh, championship caliber defense this season. 
I I mean, assuming they draft a quarterback at two, which I think is the most likely scenario, I don't know that they're going to be a great defense in two years. And I think that's that's my concern is that, you know, I don't think he's going to get fired, but I just think this is a really, really difficult uh, process for Ryans. I think he, they're further away than even the Jets were a couple of years ago. I was thinking about the Lions when I was thinking about this yeah. team. And, I, you know, I, I, I think for them, that's kind of the track you want to get on. Um, I will say they do have a ton of cap space next year, fourth most yes. in football. And to your point about like cooks, there's, there's moves they can make, I think, to also focus on like just bringing in young talent. And that's job number one for Ryan's this year. But look, the Texans solution. fans are happy for the first time in like yes. five years. Yes, so for sure. let's Absolutely. let them have this moment. They're all posting that meme of LeBron. I can't believe this, this is my life <laughs> with like a Texans logo over his face. So I'm, I'm going to let them have this. Yes. Um, Okay, final coaching hire I just want to touch quickly. Frank Reich um, mm-hmm. heard a little bit about on Around the Horn about um, Steve Wilkes, who was their interim coach, not getting the job and sort of mm-hmm. the problematic pattern in the NFL of black head coaches just kind of getting crap opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, uh, right. I, and, and I think that's the thing I wanted to stress in that when I talked about it. It's not, I'm not saying Steve Wilkes is better than Frank Reich. I, my, my point was that Steve Wilkes never would have gotten and frankly, you don't see black coaches uh, very rarely get like that Matt Rule thing where like mm. an unproven guy comes in and gets that huge contract. Right. And that to me is like the contrast more so than Wilkes to Reich, if that makes sense. Right. And I think, um, you know, you saw the quotes from David Tepper at, at yeah. the press conference saying, you know, sort of arguing, oh, yeah, we're, you know, we're a force for change. We want to change the old boys network under literally a photo of two, you know, white guys in their 50s or 60s. And again, I like Frank Reich as a coach. But, um, you know, the the argument he was making is, hey, Steve Wilkes is a great coach, but he's a defensive coach and we want an offensive minded coach. And well, that is another way that um, there's inequality when it comes to the coaches we, we see. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of black coaches steered towards the defensive side of the ball. We see white coaches, um, you know, much more often getting offensive coordinator jobs. And then with Byron Leftwich, for example, who I'm sure we're going to talk about, like, do those do those coaches have the same amount of time to prove themselves in those roles? Steve Wilkes was fired after one year in Arizona, which was granted a bad season, but a bad season because the GM who uh, was running that team drafted Josh Rosen in the first round. Like, there, there's there's... I think the Washington Post has done a series on this yeah. um, that you've quoted, but there's there's major questions about, you know, not just who's getting opportunities, but then what's happening with those opportunities and who's being put in positions that exactly. are likely to create opportunities. And, and the, again, it's like, so I talked about the contrast you have to look at is Wilkes to, not to Frank Reich, uh, but to Matt Rule. You also look mm-hmm. at the contrast to Cliff Kingsbury, who yep. comes in completely unqualified, gets the job, gets the quarterback, gets a contract that he doesn't deserve. Like those are the... Right. guys we're talking about you know what i mean like when we say there's a disparity in opportunity and treatment it's it's guys like that um so we'll see what happens there with the defense right reich to your point or what Pe- tepper said clearly this is an offensive hire clearly this is a team that needs a quarterback um what's not clear to me though bill is what they're gonna do about it uh they have the number nine overall mm-hmm. pick and you know frank reich is often cited as a very quarterback-friendly coach and offenses he's called in the past with the emphasis is on RPOs or whatever. You could see him being a good guy to onboard a rookie, Mm -hmm. but 
you know, he also has certain preferences in quarterbacking style that do make me wonder if he would be interested in a Derek Carr type or a free agent out there. I kind of think they're probably going to go both. That would be my guess, although they did draft Matt Crow in the third round last year. But I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in like a a Jacoby Brissett or something if they don't go for Carr and then draft a quarterback as well. Mm -hmm. What if they just signed Carson Wentz? (laughs) Can you imagine Panthers fans just being so mad? Uh, He's in the sidecar with Frank Reich. (laughs) There's a slightly smaller sidecar next to uh, the the prior sidecar. It's, yeah, I mean, like, you know, the tough part about being in not at, at the ninth spot is you don't really know. Like, yeah. you're not going to know until draft day whether your guy's going to fall. You don't know whether you need to trade up. It's a generally dangerous idea to trade up. And even if you do, you're not getting to one probably. So, you know, are you going to get three first round picks and move up from nine to one? That's, uh, you know, you could make it work if there's a guy you love. But I think the, the, the tough part is do you make a trade in March or do you wait? And maybe you don't end up with either. And maybe you have to trade for Baker Mayfield in July. Like there, there's no easy spot for them to get to. And I think, you know, I, I was looking at this team because I'm writing a column this week about these sort of different landing spots for veteran quarterbacks, which one might be more appealing or less appealing. And is this spot really all that great? Like, yes, they have DJ Moore, who I love, who's incredible, who deserves better. But the offensive line is kind of questionable. It can better, Kanu, kind of a good year. They, they did improve a lot as this year, the year went on. The offensive they did. line. Steve Wilkes got better, but the defense was twenty fifth in DVOA. Like I, I feel like just thinking about the NFC South. Like I'd rather go play for Atlanta if I'm a veteran quarterback than go play for I mean, Carolina. Every veteran quarterback is going to have their choice of the NFC South. Yes, crazy. for sure. It's going to be so funny. It's like the opposite of the AFC West. Like, there's going to be four quarterbacks coming in. We're not going to really feel good about any of them, but it'll make the division a lot more interesting. Uh, the Falcons are going to be really interesting to see whether they roll with Ritter or whether they go for someone or maybe go for Tannehill. I don't know. Mm. Um, could be a reunion there. And the, well, well, this feels like a good transition to talk about the Bucks, who are in yep. the NFC South. So, as I, as I said, we're going to talk about all these teams uh, who are eliminated from the playoffs and the one thing that they need to do. Um, so let's do the Bucks and the Niners and then take a break and hit every other eliminated team. Okay. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> well, we know what they need. Uh, I mean, it, it's a little different, though, because the question was kind of like, what do they need to go further? Yes. So that's a little different because obviously they need a quarterback. What I had had before quarterback, and I think this is true regardless of who they bring in, is um, I wrote a couple things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they needed improvements at left tackle. Uh, and then I wrote this is well. I wrote this with Brady in mind. I wrote they need a tight end. What do you have in mind for the Bucks? Mm, convince Tom Brady to come back, maybe <laughs> now that he's retired. I, I, I before the Brady stuff, and I think it still applies here. Is new offensive coordinator who can fix the run game because yeah. oh boy, it was bad watching the Bucks this year. It's honestly felt like. Leonard Fournette did not have a single run over four yards the entire season. Like I know he did on paper, but. Uh, what is it? Mina Gen stats yeah. uh, for for the eye test. That's what I feel like applies here. Barnwell Gen stats for the running game being a disaster. And like, I don't think you go all the way in the other direction and you hire Greg Roman. Like, yes, he's going to fix the run game, but we know it's going to create other problems. And this is still an offense that has a lot of infrastructure to throw the ball and throw the ball well. So I thought tight end would make sense, but I sort of wonder if this is a like a situation where they get the quarterback. 
and that determines who they get an offensive coordinator. Like, yeah. Um, actually, no, this is perfect because originally I was thinking Derek Carr would make sense here, but then I remembered when Bruce Arians was a commentator, he really trashed Derek Carr. <laughs> and so I was like, well, that's not going to work. But now Bruce Arians might be leaving because he's mad about Byron Leftwich getting fired. So Ooh. maybe like a Derek Carr and maybe Todd Downing, who was the former Raiders OC who just got fired in Tennessee. Um, maybe that's I a fit. That. Yeah, but, I mean, reunion there. I, we should yeah. note, by the way, that Brady retiring opens up over $20 million-ish, according to Jason over the cap, who's mm-hmm. my Bible on these things yes. in cap space. So yes. uh, I, Derek Carr was the name I had in mind for this team as well it just fits it fits uh there's still you know i've I've seen tweets like the bucks need to rebuild there's still a lot of talent on this roster on both sides of the football like chris evans or uh, chris evans chris godwin and mike evans are not going anywhere um this offensive line guys are going to come back i do still think they need to improve at left tackle by the way so that would be a position i like donovan smith had a really rough year Um, oh boy yeah but just the holding penalties alone the defense secondary still great they need to get a little bit younger the pass rush we'll see but if let me put it this way if Derek Carr were to come and be the quarterback a lot of people would pick the Bucks to win the division I think I would yeah I, and, I copped and, out by saying a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> depending depending on everything else that happens but but I think they're the they're the clear favorites and I think there's plenty to like here um they'll be healthier like you said and again, the the bar not especially high to win the NFC no. South. So I would imagine that having just a stable, steady pair of hands of Derek Carr would make sense. And I can't wait for these Derek Carr, Jimmy G, and the Panthers oh, showdowns. Oh, NFC South. Jacoby Brissett on the Panthers, maybe Jimmy G to the Saints. I don't know. I think I have Jimmy G going to like six different teams <laughs> right now. <laughs> Oh, people are going to be so mad at those contracts. Okay, so uh, the Niners, it is quarterback because it literally is the one thing that they needed to go farther in the playoffs this year. Uh, Bill, let me start here by asking you, did you think, as I did, that the Niners, I I, I really thought they would make a run at Brady? I think the Niners probably thought they were going to make a run at Brady, would be my guess. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, Trey Lance is just lurking there. And whenever I talk about how they should keep Trey Lance, I kind of feel like it's a bad idea. And whenever I think about how they should trade Trey Lance, I also feel like it's a bad idea. And if I feel that way, I can only imagine how the Niners feel about the situation. It just kind of feels like, you know, that moment has come and gone. But this is a guy they traded three first-round picks to get, and he started four games. Like, is it really time to give up on him, especially if Brock Purdy is actually injured? Which he is. He has he a torn is. UCL. Yes. So Birdie's injury is serious. And Lance is, by the way, I think going to be medically cleared to, I saw somewhere in like a few weeks or whatever. So, you know, he, he is, his timeline is obviously much more um, favorable. It's hard because the last time we saw him, he didn't look ready. It was a very limited sample size, right? Like he really hasn't gotten a chance to improve. Um, but it's if it was another team too i think we'd all be like yeah obviously go with the guy you traded a zillion draft picks for mm-hmm. but this team is so clearly a super bowl team yes that it's it changes what you ask out of a quarterback of course um i'm gonna but, but <laughs> let me this ask is you. a good this is a good spot for jacoby Brissett. i actually believe that though <laughs> like no I, i'm serious i actually think that this is a team where you bring in I, they're going to have to bring in some sort of competition mm-hmm. or, you know, another quarterback. God knows they want as many quarterbacks as possible. 
I do feel like a guy like Jacoby, if he, dude, if Jacoby played quarterback for them the way he played quarterback for the Cleveland Browns this year, mm-hmm. they'd be fine. Sure. Of course. But what, like, like what, are you saying keep Lance, keep Purdy and sign Jacoby Brissett? Yes. Wow. Well, the Purdy costs like a buck. Herm, I, I was on uh, this just in yesterday, and they asked Herm Edwards um, what they should do. Like, should it be Purdy? <laughs> should it be Lance? Or, you know, should they sign Brady? And he's like, just sign them all. And I was like, well, he's kind of right. Like, yeah. you know, that does make sense. Um, I don't know. Like, I guess I, I would like some finality to the Trey Lance situation this offseason. Like, I think if you're going to yes. move forward with him as the starter, like, I you know, I, I guess you have to bring in somebody, but I wouldn't bring in someone as good as Brissett. But, like, what would you be willing He's to take? He's too good? You think Brissett's too good? He is. Like, I think... Yeah. I, what would you be willing to take from another team if so, someone wants to trade for Trey Lance? Like, it's, I think Tennessee is the obvious candidate to me, but Atlanta comes yeah. to mind as well. Like, if you're the Niners, what what are you willing to accept to move on and say, we're moving on with Brock Purdy as our dude? Well, given how much you gave for, for it really depends on their own internal evaluation for him. And we don't know what that is. And because of the way they've treated the situation, it seems lower than what they initially traded for him, right? Like, so that's what makes it tricky. I mean, I don't know. Like, they, they moved, we were moving on from Garoppolo last year, who had taken them to the NFC Championship game. They used a seventh-round pick on Purdy. It wasn't like they went out and got yeah. someone more significant. They were, they were going to move over with Lance and... Uh, who was the dude? Who was the dude from the Eagles who tanks? Sudfeld. Uh, yeah, it was going to be Sud. They signed Sudfeld to so like a one-year, two million dollar deal to be the backup, and then Damn. got rid of him. We came so close to Nate Sudfeld versus Playing the Eagles, Eagles. in the NFC Championship game. But like, if you're Tennessee and you have a kind of questionable offense, and you can get Greg Roman to be your OC, do you call the Niners and say, "Hey, we'll give you the eleventh pick for Trey Lance"? Like, you know, I keep seeing that and like i some degree i get it but also like it at least based on the way tennessee handled willis they didn't mm-hmm. seem like a team that wants to go with a option heavy run well, I mean, maybe they fired downing yeah but i was wondering how much of that was variable i don't know we, we'll, we'll see I, I did see sando put that out uh that some executive said to him that tennessee seemed like a option for trey lance I don't know. I don't want. Th- I, I feel like it's too early to give up on Trey Lance. I do too. He's so young and he's played so little football, and the the ceiling for him in this Niners offense is so high. It's just how far away is that? We don't know. Um, and by the way, with the Brissett option, we should also know. I got into this all on Tuesday. They're very cap strapped, and they're going to pay Nick Bosa, and they got a zillion guys. Headed to you know, free agency. You know what they're going to do? It's just going to be Jimmy. Like, he's just <laughs> going to come back. Like, at the end of the day, like, the the Inevitable. world will bend to Jimmy Garoppolo being the Niners quarterback every single season somehow. All right. Let's take a quick break and talk about some teams where the answer isn't just quarterback. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do. You do. We all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Show. M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Okay, Bill, so we've got all the teams that were eliminated from the playoffs and the one thing they need to do to go farther. Um, so I figure we would start, I know we, we kind of went out of order with the Niners yes. and the Bucks. Let's start from the teams that were eliminated first okay. and then work up to the Bengals. Uh, so the very team that was eliminated very first is your Seattle Seahawks, my Seattle Seahawks. That's true. Um, I feel like this one's really obvious. It's front seven. Yeah, I said linebackers. I was just thinking about um, Cody Barden just like doing pirouettes, getting lost, trying to find the the over uh, for about six or seven different plays in that game. I, I had another one that was kind of a little harder to think, maybe figure out, which was just the consistency of the running game because Kenneth mm-hmm. Walker is such a home run hitter, but they were 28th in success rate. They really so, were not that reliable. So maybe you upgrade a guard. Maybe? IOL was my second thing. Yeah. yeah. So that is that was a huge issue. for It was quietly... I thought the biggest reason why Gino was a little bit up and down in the second part of the season is the offensive line, which really outperformed expectations, obviously, with two rookie tackles. A lot of pressure up the middle. Uh, So, yeah, definitely, I think that's a position I would really like to see them target. But, the, I mean, at the front seven, like, you know, Puna Ford's a free agent. He cut a little bit of a down year. Um, Linebacker, we'll see what Jordan Brooks' status is, but... I just think that front seven generally, they just need to add talent. And after yeah. they lost to the Niners, Pete Carroll was just like, yeah, they're a lot more talented than us on defense, <laughs> basically. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did look at, um, so the Zs, you know, they, they, they've got draft picks. and they sure do. Um, they also have cap space. So it's going to be an interesting t- to see how they approach that, especially if they bring back Geno Smith. We didn't hit quarterback, by the way, because, again, that's not the reason why. They, you know, it's not the thing that was holding that from going farther. Um, I do, I do think they're going to bring back Geno Smith. I don't know what they're going to do with their top pick um, and whether they would go for like a top edge rusher or defensive tackle there. There are what some interesting you, names in free agency, though. What do you want them to do with the fifth pick? I want them to uh, get – it, it kind of depends on how things shake out because, I, first of all, I still have to spend a lot of time watching the prospects. It does seem like, you know, there's Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, and then a bit of a drop-off. Um, so I'll be, I think some of it has to do with like how many quarterbacks go above them. I think if you can get one of those two guys, you do it. I want to see how big of the drop-off is to the next group. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I, they should explore the possibility of moving down a little bit because there's so many needs in that front seven. Um, 
but I do think I, I think you just you just got to fix this defense. Um, and you know, they, they, I mean, they so many of the draft picks worked out, and they've got all these young corners, and uh, the secondary is not as big of an issue, which is pretty cool. So. I think a combination of the draft and free agency, just attacking this defense up front is job mm-hmm. number one for Seattle. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, Chargers, you go. Oh, boy. Well, I had offensive coordinator, yeah. and then it took about 24 hours. This is If you're the Cowboys, we'll get to them <laughs> in a second. It doesn't feel great if you, you know, uh, cut Kellen Moore, fired Kellen Moore, and he had a job, like, less than a day later. Like, it's like when you, you break up with someone – and like the next day you go on Facebook and they're in a relationship and you're like, wait, hold, wait, hold on. How did this happen? This um, feels more like, let's tell everyone we broke up. Yes. You're already leaving me. <laughs> yes, for sure. But we'll get to the Cowboys in a bit. I, I think if it's not the offensive coordinator, I kind of think it's linebacker. And I don't want to say linebacker Ooh. for every single one, but this is a team that was still 29th in rush defense DVOA. And this was, of course... This was supposed to be the year, right? Brandon Staley added all those defensive tackles and pieces up front. And granted, Joey Bosa got hurt. That didn't help matters. But like uh, Drew Tranquil, Drew, ah, Drew Tran- Tranquil, excuse me, is a free agent. Kenneth Murray has been a disappointment. I think the Chargers will decline his fifth year option. That has been the spot on this roster that has not worked out for the first couple of years of Staley's tenure. So I think that's kind of the one thing left in this defense to try and improve what's been you know, even by Staley's standards, even by the expectations of what they want to do on defense, a pretty dismal uh, defense against the run. Yeah, I I, I wrote defensive tackle slash linebacker and then speed. Uh, Speed's good. Speed, which Guyton will come back from injury, but it feels like, you know, Kellen Moore, obviously there's going to be a huge onus on him to make this offense more vertical. Uh, the lack of speed at wide receiver was such a killer for this team. Well, to be um, fair, they were only throwing the ball four yards downfield, so it wasn't like uh, the speed would have helped much. This would have been a quicker four yards downfield. A little bit of a chicken or egg thing, right? It's like, yeah. did they never throw it downfield because they couldn't pass protect and they had no speed, or was it because Joe yes. Lombardi? Uh, so we'll find out, but I do think that's something that they need to add. So Let me ask you about this team. So they have Austin Eckler entering the final year of his mm. deal, which has been an absolute bargain. And they have Keenan Allen, who's now 30, about to turn 31 before the season. He has two years left in his deal. Um, they're not the same player, obviously, but they're kind of the guy I think of when I think, okay, they're the underneath target in this passing attack. Do you think they are both on the roster in 2023 and 2024? Do you think they pick one? Do you think they go in a different direction? Like, what does that attack look like besides Mike Williams? I wouldn't be surprised if they try to keep both um, on relatively team-friendly contracts. Mm -hmm. I would personally probably have a preference for Allen. I thought Eckler tailed off a bit towards the end there. Um, and I do think that, you know, they've had trouble finding replacements for Eckler though, like finding running backs who can like pass protect mm-hmm. and catch. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think that's something that they could attack in the draft and go younger. By the way, they're uh, 20 million over the projected cap and Justin Herbert is getting a raise from $8 million to $50 million. Ooh. So uh, good luck tricky, finding tricky. making that work. Well, speed is certainly something they can also attack in the draft. Yes, there's no one. Sure. Also, there's like literally no free agent wide receiver. So, um, okay. The Dolphins are next. Um, so obviously they need a quarterback to go further than they did. Yes. We last saw them with Skylar Thompson. 
by all accounts, Tua Tagovailoa is going to return this season. We'll see mm-hmm. how they approach that. Um, Bill, I, in addition to that, I wrote offensive line. Um, you know, Teron Armstead was in and out of the lineup, and it was a massive, massive yep. differentiator when he did and didn't play. Um, they did improve somewhat. You know, you bring in Connor Williams, but uh, Greg Little and Brandon Schell, Schell are both free agents. This feels like, to me, a team that needs to get another tackle. Yeah, they're like the AFC version of the Vikings, where every year it's just like, mm, you guys don't have enough offensive linemen. No matter what you do, no matter how many draft picks, no matter how many free agents, it's just like, mm, you could use one more offensive lineman. I, I, I kind of went in the same direction, but I said steadier run game, thinking, okay, to take yeah. some of the pressure off of Tua to have that sort of second option, because contrasting them to the Niners, where Mike McDaniel came from, um. Their running game was not good. It was good in terms of the blocking. According to the next-gen stats, uh, expected yards per carry metric, the Dolphins were expected to gain five yards per carry this year, which is most in the NFL. Mm. Miami's runners were last in the NFL in rush yards over expectation and tied for last in first downs over expectation. So I know their solution has just been basically uh, take some guys from the Niners and plug them in and they'll figure it out, but... I think this is a team that could stand to, you know, take a running back, maybe not a first-round running back. I don't know if there's a guy out there. I think Bijan Robinson would be the guy, but they don't have a first-round pick, right? They traded it for Bradley Chubb yeah. um, and then had the other one taken away. Uh, but a, a two or a three, I, I think that would make sense for them, or maybe one of the lower-cost veterans out there at running back because I just think they're going to have to run the ball better and be a more balanced offense to take some of the pressure off of Tua and not be in third and long so often. That's a good that's a good point, and it's something I suspect Mike McDaniel will definitely want to attack in the offseason. You mentioned the Vikings. Mm. The entire defense? Uh well I, that's exaggerating, but oh my god, they're almost all like free agent. I I uh, so our colleague Kevin Seifer, who does a great job covering the Vikings, just did a mm-hmm. story on how many Vikings need to be replaced this offseason, how many um I mean, irrespective of their quality of play. Uh I think for them, it's just kind of like where and when and how. And they also need a defensive coordinator, by the way, right? So that's the thing. Uh, and that was a huge issue for them this year, season. Mm-hmm. I complained about it a lot. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have their first-round draft picks from last year didn't play for much of the year, right? Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth Jr. So the yep. secondary will get younger. But, like, th- there are question marks across this defense. I would say still the secondary – you got to this Shannon Sullivan was really rough for them in the slot um, linebacker Jordan Hicks and Eric Hendricks are under a uh, contract, but I would still focus on improving their defensive tackle. Dalvin Tomlinson is a free agent um, at edge like Hunter and Zedaria Smith kind of tailed off as the season oh, yeah. went along. So basically Still's every sure. position on defense bill. Yeah, I, the good news is they're going to get some money from the Daniel Jones contract fund that they helped uh, make possible <laughs> with their playoff showing against Daniel Jones and the Giants. Yeah. I mean, I think you start with cornerback because they were 30th in the league in yards per attempt allowed without pressure this season. So when Darius Smith did slow down, the second half, I thought Daniel Hunter played pretty well. But when Smith slowed down, they did not have any solutions. And so it was a lot of what we saw in the Giants game, like zone coverage that was off, that was not stopping anybody, and they weren't tackling all that well afterwards. I thought Patrick Peterson was actually pretty good, but he's a free agent. He's now on the wrong side of 30. He was pretty um, good. Cam Densler is benched at midseason. You mentioned Chandon Sullivan, who was a mess in the slot. Uh, Duke Shelley was okay, 
in a small sample replacing him, but I think you need to add probably two cornerbacks because uh, Andrew Booth was their second round pick. Um, is coming back from IR, but Lucine uh, broke his leg right in the Europe game. I, I was yes, it very early. I was laughing because didn't it feel like the, the the Vikings were just drafting quarterbacks for like six years though? Yes. I mean, oh my god, right back where you started. Yes, it, just like the Giants and receivers, which we're going to get to in a minute as well. <laughs> we it, and 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 I think you know, like they also have to ask themselves the question of: Are we going out and getting veterans, thinking we're pretty close, or are we not that good? Because their record says one thing. But for a very analytically inclined front office, I think that they're not naive to what the other metrics say about where they are and how far away they are from competing for a title. You know, have you ever seen that meme, is he hot or is he tall? I feel like we need that for... Mina, I lived, is he hot or is he tall? (laughs) I feel like that there needs to be like the equivalent meme for NFL teams. Yes. Are you good or are you just lucky in one score games? Um... (laughs) Look, I think that the giant, the Vikings will be fine on offense. So I think you already have that kind of to start from, you know? Sure. Um, God, Jefferson Jefferson's going to make more money than God, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you kind of hit everything on defense. And, 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 and again, coaching is, I can't stress enough, something sure. that they Absolutely. need to improve on. But um, the good news yeah. is you're not competing with like nine other teams for an offensive coordinator. <laughs> A little easier going for someone well, on the defensive side of the ball. Speaking of the Baltimore Ravens, what yes. you got? It, do you think they need an offensive coordinator more than a receiver or the other way around? Um, or do you have something else? Well, they, they do. The quarterback is actually <laughs> the reason they didn't go far and actually something they need to handle. So we yes. throw that out of the way. Pay Lamar Jackson. All right. So assuming that gets done, that's a really good question. Like, which is, the, I mean, they're the two, the, I wrote both of them down. Honestly, I cheated a little bit. Um, they clearly need to upgrade at wide receiver, even with Rashad Bateman coming back. And they clearly need to improve their pass game. I was immensely, I was, you, you know, when something hasn't happened, but you're already triggered by it. Oh, yeah. I uh, I can't remember who put this out into the universe. Maybe it was Pelicero or something, but somebody tweeted something about how the Ravens were interested in Justin Outen, Outen with Denver because he's a good run game coordinator. And I almost punched a wall. They're like, because, you know, I'm like, first of all, you don't need, you have already an, like, I'm trying not to be hyperbolic here. If Lamar Jackson is your quarterback, your yeah. rushing efficiency floor should be top 10, regardless yes. of who the hell is calling the place. Yes. That is also, not what you need. Also, like, you don't lose the playbook when Greg Roman leaves. You can just <laughs> keep it and just keep running that stuff and just add more passing concepts to the yeah. part of the playbook that was pretty thin. Counterbash. <laughs> you don't need a new guy to introduce that to the, yeah, sorry. Who do you, um, I mean, I, I don't think Justin Outen would make sense, but who do you think would make sense at OC? I have I mean, a couple you know, names. I never know like words. who's actually doing what and who's that's good the, at that's things. That's the other part of it, for but sure. But I did see you know, the the Niners pass game guy. Yeah. Bobby Slowick? Yeah. He used, I mean, to work, he used to work at PFF. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, all, I, all I can say is just prioritize pass game. That's all. Yeah, I think so. I thought I thought Brian Johnson, who's the QB coach oh, for the Eagles, yeah. would make sense. Just thinking, you know, w- w- give me some teams that have good running games who also have passing concepts yes. built off of that running game. Love that, Slope, yeah. We didn't see all that much because Trey Lance got hurt in week two, but you know, certainly that offense is great off play action. And I think the thing people forget about Lamar Jackson, that I know you know Mina, but 
like he was not running the Greg Roman offense in college. He was running a drop back pro style Bobby Petrino, mm-hmm. like 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 you know pro style passing offense, and he can do that. I think balancing what he's been able to show as a runner in the Greg Roman offense with more of a reliable, versatile passing attack would unlock a better Lamar Jackson. We just don't know if that's possible given the offensive coordinator choices they might have to work with. Can I interest you in a DJ Chark? A DJ Chark. I'm looking Um, at the free agents. We got DJ Chark, Jacoby Myers, Juju, who turned down Baltimore, I think, already. Mm, I, I wonder if they make a trade. Like I, I sort of, they were interested last time, but that was when Lamar Jackson was making not franchise tag money and he's about to make franchise tag money. So I like if they can get cooks and get his, his hit down, that would be be so good. That's such a good idea. Well, it happened. Idea for them. Still a good player. Still fast. Speed would be so nice. (laughs) All right. Speaking of wide receiver, the Jags, I wrote wide receiver. (laughs) Still. Still, even with Calvin Ridley coming back, guys. Mm, or joining. I don't want them to get fooled by Evan Ingram. Oh. Is what I wrote. The Giants down. hate. <laughs> you know, but like even in even in that playoff game, I watched um the JT O'Sullivan breakdown of Trevor Lawrence in that game, which is great. Definitely check out yep. JT O'Sullivan stuff. stuff. But um he was like just trashing Evan Ingram. Like Evan Ingram was responsible, I think, for two interceptions in that game. <sighs> um you know, I, I just sort of, I wouldn't want to get carried away. Like, I think they need tight end help. But to me, I wonder if they go out and maybe they get a Dalton Schultz instead of an Evan Ingram. Mm. Or maybe they go out and get a couple tight ends. Maybe they they do the Jets thing where they go out and get, you know, the Suje Uzama and uh, who's the Jets tight end? Conklin? Conklin. Tyler Conklin. Maybe they get two, like, you know, like 1B, 2A types and have more versatility with their offense. I think that's maybe how I'd rather go, but I think you'd also make a case for upgrading um, at tackle where Juwan Taylor is a free agent. They have Walker Little, who was a second round pick. They could still keep him as the swing tackle. We know um, going back to Philadelphia, Doug Peterson loves and needs offensive line depth. So Mm -hmm. I could see them upgrading at tackle as well. There's a lot of good tight end free agents. I'm just looking at it. Gesicki, Schultz, Angram. Yeah. And a very good draft for tight ends. Hooper, Tunyon, Hayden Hurst. Oh, Chris Manhurst, who's on the Jags, is a free agent. I bet they bring him back just for the blocking. Um, and how much, Dan Arnold. How wow. much of how much of Chris Manhurst's reputation as a good blocking tight end comes down to the fact that his name is Manhurst? <laughs> like twenty percent, right? Uh, yeah, it's an it's the most. I'm trying to think of any other NFL names where oh Kenneth Gainwell is yep. a great yeah running back name. Mm-hmm. By the way, Kenneth Gainwell sneaky great good. right now. We'll I get to that. Gonna... I think he's going to be their their starter next year. He's well as a Miles Sanders dynasty manager. Mm, do not like has, that. Has that some bad news. I hope might be like Miles Sanders being in the running back rotation for the Ravens Get next year. Out of here. Um, okay, <laughs> Miles Sanders, future charger. Uh, okay, uh, we've got four more teams. Yep. You mentioned the Giants. Whew. So once they're paying Daniel Jones forty five million dollars a year, mm-hmm. how are you feeling about that? By the way, right now, what's the emotional check in? Sorry, I, I muted you for a minute. What did you say? <laughs> um, God, why this is another man? There's a lot of teams where wide receiver is the thing, yeah, and not a lot of guys out there. As it turns yeah. out, they, on the other hand, I think could be a more plausible 
landing spot if they wanted to trade for DeAndre Hopkins because that is the dude they need. Yes. Like if they're going to throw so the ball, clearly. if they're going to throw the ball six yards in the air every time, get a dude who's going to box people out and catch that pass every time. And that is, that would make sense for me. I mean, hopefully Wondelly Robinson's able to come back from his torn ACL. I think Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James, I mean, like they deserve opportunities next year, but Gary Love them Slayton as twos and threes. And, exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like if they can find that number one guy who pushes everyone down a spot, awesome. If Isaiah Hodgins is your top target, I don't think you're competing with the Eagles. Uh, I also wrote IOL. Um, yeah. The, I mean, those Gates and Feliciano are free agents, so they're gonna they're gonna have to do something there, anyways. Um, I just think it, it you really saw that being a problem for them, especially. Obviously, by the end there. Although Evan Neal, he's a rookie, so he'll right. You know, you're going to count on him improving. Obviously, Andrew Thomas is great. So, what would you what would you do if you were the Giants with Saquon and Daniel Jones? <laughs> Not give Daniel Jones over forty million dollars a year. Mm. I would so either. Would you just say franchise or? I would either franchise him. I would franchise him if you can't get him on like a two year more moderate deal. Mm. I don't think that's possible, though. It probably won't happen. So, but like, do you think someone's going to give him forty million dollars a year in free agency? No, but there's but it, so many teams that need quarterbacks. I just who who do you who would be the funniest team to give Daniel Jones? I love this question. Okay, I'll forty million dollars standing right now because there's so many teams. Okay, so some of the teams that need quarterbacks: the Jets, Carolina, uh, the Raiders. The Raiders would be funny. Didn't it seem weird? Like when Derek Carr was put on the trade block, number one, I took a literal victory lap around the house I was staying in. Number two, I was like, oh, they must be getting Brady. Like, they must have just been like that, you know, wink, wink. Can they bring Derek Carr back? Oh, my God. When they tweeted his Pro Bowl selection, I was like, oh, my God, this is so awkward. Uh, Daniel Jones, Indianapolis Colts quarterback in 2023. Is that yeah, the right one? I was just one? looking at the Colts and thinking that feels that I could see that. Right? Doesn't that feel? <laughs> Jim Irsay just buy it. You know, jersey. It's like Jim Irsay bought this really expensive thing, and he he bought a fancy guitar, and he he gets it home, and there's like a huge crack he didn't see in it, and he's just furious. That's the Daniel Jones experience for the Colts of the NFC South teams. I guess the Panthers is probably the most realistic. I think so. Daniel Jones, Tom Brady successor. All right. <laughs> The Bills. Well, he already he already succeeded the guy who beat Tom Brady twice. So. That's true. That's a good point. Um, the Bills. I just wrote get tougher in the trenches. <laughs> Both sides, just get tougher. Yeah, I mean, I, I put right side of the offensive line. Ryan Bates and Spencer yeah. Brown were not very good. I, you know, I, I guess I wonder like how much does Brandon Bean have faith in his young players improving? Is it does he mm. think Gabe Davis is still a number two wide receiver? That's the other one. Do they, do they keep Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer together for another season at safety? Like I think there's a possibility they make real significant changes, and for a team that I kind of think we all kind of thought was pretty close to making it to the Super Bowl, like maybe they don't need those changes. Maybe it's just getting Von Miller back. So they're in a much tougher spot, I think, than they have been in any of their off seasons so far. A lot of free agents. You mentioned Poyer, Jordan Phillips, or wait, Harrison. I'm trying to remember which Phillips is on the Jordan Phillips, Tremaine Edmonds. Yes, is another had, one had a career season this year, but they just paid Matt Milano. That it's it's going to be. Felt like this was the year with that defense. 
But mm. again, you get Vaughn back and you know, some of those young guys should get better. The wide receiver thing is interesting because it is it was such an issue for them clearly at the end, the non digs. Oh, yeah. They're one where I think some of the veteran free agents could be really helpful, like like a Jacoby Myers, I could actually I think would actually be pretty helpful in this offense, especially like any, given some of the changes you need. Any Jacoby is going to get hype from you on this podcast. Like I feel like David Jacoby is going to get uh, some free agent offers based on your support of all Jacobys on this podcast. <laughs> this is the pro Jacoby. Listen, Jacoby Brissett and Jacoby Myers. Good. Two Both just good. gems. Both good. Gems Legit. of humans. Underrated players. M- Meyer, like, I, I'm, I don't think the Patriots are going to re-sign Myers, but they were bad at receiver last year and that was with him. Like it's, it's sort of scary to think how bad they're going to be if they let him go. Sneaky big loss for them, man. All right. Again, speaking of wide receivers, the Dallas Cowboys. It's funny. Cause I wrote, it's basically, it's like Kellen Moore leaves from Dallas to the chargers and really like similar issues in a lot of ways. Um, another team that needs speed mm-hmm. at receiver. That's also what I had. I, I have two pieces of information that you may not have seen today, which oh, may no. impact your feelings about the Cowboys. I'm nervous. Did you see the report about Mike McCarthy? That he wants to call plays? Well, not only that he wants to call plays, but the plays he's going to be calling is that he's bringing back the Packers playbook to Dallas. Oh, my God. is correct. Also, uh, according to Calvin Watkins... Quote unquote, Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones each said they want Zeke Elliott back. Stephen Jones said he didn't see a drop off with Elliott. Stop it. Legit, legit. Stop it. That's that's so bad. Isn't it incredible? That's so rough. I'm sorry, Cowboys fans. I, I don't. Like the fact that they didn't restructure Zeke last year and didn't restructure Tyler. I thought Smith I was like, year, great, okay. Seems to say they're cutting those guys, or at least asking them to take a pay cut, or like giving them a new deal for less money. But can you imagine this offense with only Zeke and not Tony Pollard? Like that is so scary. And running the Mike McCarthy offense. Is there anything on defense that you think they really need to adjust? I don't know. I mean, they could add another linebacker. Leighton Van Der Esch is a free agent, had a career year. Um, Anthony Barr, I believe, is also a free agent. So I think linebacker would make yeah. sense. But but in terms of like the the premise of the question, which is get them further, there's not the defense played so well in that last game and Dan Quinn staying that I'm just not worried about the defense right now. It's all about the offense for me. Yeah. And I mean, again, like this is an offense that Pollard's a free agent. Dalton Schultz is a free agent. Like they have major changes to make on the offensive side of the ball. And I think, like you said, speed is the thing that comes to mind where just the fact that T.Y. Hilton was on the street and came in and was like, oh, God, they're so much better with T.Y. Hilton. Like they need someone like that, but who's younger and faster and better. Pretty much. All right. The final team, Cincinnati Bengals. This is a very interesting one. What do you have? Hmm. I said, well, I, I cheated. I didn't really answer the question, unfortunately. I wrote, secondary is influx, which is true, but doesn't mean they're going to get farther. Like, they have Jesse Bates, Von Bell, Eli Apple, Trey Flowers, all free agents. Jermaine Pratt is a free agent at linebacker, and they're getting Chidobie Wusier back, but 
I think they probably need more solutions to stop Travis Kelsey, which they did a decent job with schematically, but opened up other opportunities like Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a huge game uh, against this team as the primary wide receiver for the Chiefs. Yeah. You got to figure Stefan Diggs is going to be someone they're going to struggle to cover. Like I think they're so good schematically. They're so good as a unit, but in addition to getting a Wuzier back, I, you know, I know Taylor Britt played pretty well this year as a rookie. I just think they need one extra piece in the secondary um, to help them cover and be a little more creative. And I don't know, like, are they bringing Jesse Bates back? I don't know. I mean, the hope was that Dax Hill would replace him, I imagine, but he didn't really see the field, right? So right. they, it, it's there's a lot of challenges. We, Dominique, I talked about this a little bit um, on Tuesday, just some challenges that they have with all of the free agents i have a lot of faith though assuming louie anarumo stays in their ability to get the most out of guys on that side of the ball yes um i do think like the thing they needed to get further was the offensive line not being down three starters so yes um you know i do wonder if they'll continue to add depth there honestly like they they could do it every year every and i would year. not be mad but i mean like you know i i talked about this a little bit i'm not sure i talked about it with you um i know the joe burrow quote about how my window is my career. And I, I admire how much confidence any possible human being could have to say that. Great quote. But it kind of feels like this was their year, no? Like Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. It's the easiest year for them. Right? It's only like, going to get harder because of the Higgins thing especially. They all make – those three guys make $10 million combined or so this year. Yeah. They're going to be making $90 million per year in two years. And – Everyone else in the AFC North had a quarterback who was either suspended or injured or a rookie who was, you know, developing. Mahomes was injured in the AFC Championship game. Like, they're going to be competitive. They're still going to be good. I know Bengals fans are going to get mad. I know they're going to say, like, oh, they just need the refs to not call uh, six calls against them, ignoring everything else that happened. But it kind of felt like this was their best shot. And that is a bummer. Yeah, it, it's it's going to get harder. No doubt, but you have Joe Burrow, so you're always going to be in contention. That helps. Yeah. That does help for sure. But yeah, I think offensive line does make sense to really answer the spirit of your question. I just think there's so many sort of things up in the air about their secondary that it's hard to answer. All right. On that dour note, let's take a quick break. Come back. Five questions for our guest. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now it's time for Dinks and Dunks. I'm getting paid for this, right? As always, five questions for our guests, four from me, one from Lenny. Bill, are you ready? I. This is the only thing I do to prep for the show is just prepare <laughs> for these questions. 
Well, you don't know what they are. So question number one, um, Aaron Rodgers and the Pat McAfee show says uh, something The talks have started without me. Okay. I talked about this on this, Justin, yesterday. He knows he has a no trade clause, right? Like, you signed that deal, dude. Like, I, I, that's how this works. Can I say something? Uh, th- it didn't really make a lot of news. So I kind of feel like Aaron Rodgers no longer – that like, he's no longer drives the news cycle, which is a welcome development, personally. Not, not on the McAfee show. Like, I feel like that's basically his own talk show. It would be like if Ed McMahon yeah. said something shocking on the Johnny Carson show. Like, you're already there, dude. Like yeah. – like you have to go he has to go somewhere else to do that stuff at this point. Okay, so my actual question for you is right now, gun mm-hmm. to your head. I need a new euphemism for yeah, that. That'd right be great. now. Mm, John, Johnson and Johnson vaccine to my head, perhaps. <laughs> uh, what is the percent likelihood, speaking of that, that you think Aaron Rodgers is a New York Jet? Mm, I would say twenty five percent. That low. Well, like I, think, he I just, think it's higher. He doesn't have a choice, right? Yeah. Like, it'd be one thing if he had the ability to pick where he choose. I, I would say it's much higher if that's the case. But, like, what are the chances that the Panthers, who have been desperate for a veteran quarterback for years, just blow away the Jets' offer? Like, I don't think that's out of the question. Well, okay, then I'm going to – question number two. If you're Aaron Rodgers, would you rather be a Jet or a Panther? Mm, is that – did you have that question written down already no. or was that – No, you just set it up for me. Mm, I – It's just tricky. I actually see. I, so I have this column going up on ESPN.com where I ranked all these teams as to most exciting option to least exciting option, and I have the Jets at seven, no Jets at six and the Panthers at nine. So I'll go Jets because wow. I think the defense is better. I think the the receiving situation is pretty similar. I think Garrett Wilson is a really exciting player. I think DJ Moore is also great, but uh, they both have had bad quarterback play for their careers. Just DJ Moore has had it for longer, but I. I lean Jets. How do you feel? I think it's tricky because I would rather be in the NFC South. I For am sure. a little bit higher than you, it sounds like, on the Panthers' talent. Agreed. But I also lean Jets just because I do think it's, a, it's at this point, a better football team. Plus, he probably live in New York, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Well, well, wouldn't you... If you're Aaron Rodgers. Damn, wouldn't you rather be in the NFC, though, Bill? Like, after this conversation we've had and, like, looking at the quarterback situations and all these teams? I mean, yeah, but will the Packers trade him to the NFC? Oh, that's a good point, too, yeah. I So the number one—I have Niners as the number one team on my list, but that kind of feels dumb without Brady. I have the Raiders as number two. Like, if you're the Raiders Mm. and you're not getting Tom Brady, would you consider making a trade for Aaron Rodgers, given that you have Devontae Adams there? The Raiders are desperate. Like— and they're getting picks for Carr, presumably. Yeah. Would you give up more than like a, a first round pick for Aaron Rodgers? Mm, I would be nervous about that, <laughs> I but I also wouldn't too. have traded the one and the two for Devontae <laughs> Adams. And once you do that, you're, you're kind of all in anyway, so you might as well. All right. Question number three. Quote, the Kelsey brothers don't want this to be called the Kelsey Bowl. Shout out to them. Thanks, guys. But my question for you is about the Kelsey Bowl. Which Kelsey... <laughs> Would you rather spend the day hanging out with? Ooh, this is definitely Jason. Not even a question to really? me. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey had a reality show. Like we yeah, people forget. <laughs> we not us, not you and I. We're the, the, the very, the very thin, Venn, the very small Venn diagram. This is aimed straight at us. Yes. Uh, Offensive linemen in general, always better hangs and receivers. By all accounts, Travis Kelsey is a totally fine guy. But 
Like, like, what do you think you're doing with Jason Kelsey if you hang out for the day? Eating. We're eating something good, hundred <laughs> um, percent. We're not. We're not. We're not putting on jeans. It's sweatpants only in the Jason Kelsey hang. Mm. Travis Kelsey, like, I'm gonna have to put on some expensive pair of jeans, probably. Not something I'm interested in doing. So Jason Kelsey all day. I've only met Travis Kelsey. He was on our show once. He was very cool and nice, but sure. I tend to agree. This is a pro it, offensive it's not, space. I'm not anti-Travis Kelsey. I'm just pro-Jason yeah. Kelsey. All right. All right. Question four. Yep. Since I'm not going to have you on again before the Super Bowl, I got to ask, where are you leaning right now? Mm. Leaning. So this is, you don't have to be, you don't have to stick to this. People don't yell at Bill. They're going to yell at me either way. Uh, I, I Dude, I, let me say this. I yes. have gone back and forth. Yes. I think this is close. I, my my default is that three years ago, I picked the Niners to beat the Chiefs, and I felt really smart for three and a half quarters and really stupid for a quarter. And I told myself, I will never pick against Patrick Mahomes again in the Super Bowl. So I will start there. I will say the Chiefs because I don't want to have to watch that game for 60 minutes and worry that Patrick Mahomes is going to make me look stupid. It's so hard because it's the best team against the best quarterback. It would have been so much easier if I it think... had been any other combination of bad chips. The one thing that is, you know, Dominique and I talk a lot about how the Bucks game, we just were like, oh, you have to remember how much the trenches matter. But the Chiefs have a really good offensive line. I think it's kind of gotten lost a little bit. And all. So it, this is not the Bucks Chiefs Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So. 100%. 100%. And <sighs> it does matter. But, like, is the Eagles offensive line... They were, they were great for moments against the Niners. They also struggled at times against the Niners. The Chiefs offensive line struggled against the Bengals at times. A lot of it was Mahomes just doing Mahomes stuff. And we don't know how healthy yeah. either of these guys are going to be. It's such a or, hard I, the, Super Bowl to break down. The Chiefs, too. I'm like, which of these wide receivers are actually playing? That's going to really influence. Like... That, that does not bother me because none of them are that good. So it's like, <laughs> oh, you're playing McCole Hardman? Like, that's fine. It's, it's not going to be. Okay, last question, as always, comes from Lenny. Um, you know, Lenny reads a lot, and he just wants to revisit the always great Bill Barnwell predicting NFL teams most likely sure. to improve in 2022 column. Sure. Some good choices here, the Jags, the Lions, Ravens, you know, you kind of throw out the Ravens or whatever. Um, the Broncos. Bill, just Lenny wants to know, how you how do you feel about that prediction looking mm. back? Is there a Twitter account for Lenny I could block? Because um, I, I have I have still things. Wait, wait, wait. F- there's a line actually he wanted me to read. Please. I can't put the Seahawks on this list with Locke mm, and Geno Smith I as their starting. Was <laughs> this was coming. Wow. I mean, wow. to be fair, Gino to, to be fair, if I if I had known Geno Smith was going to be like the tenth best quarterback in football, I would have put them on there. I, I, I had not, nothing against the Seahawks. I just didn't think that they thought Geno Smith was that good. I think at that point, when I wrote that column, Geno Smith was not clearly their starter. Yes. They were still like, ah, we Same. still like Drew Locke. So, um, you know what I did, Mina? Mm. I went with my gut instead of trusting the numbers. Mm. I test Bill prevailed over <laughs> analytics bill. And that's a mistake I'm not going to make again in 2023. And the, Lenny accepts your answer. Guys, as always, you can check out Bill, the Bill Barnwell Show, uh, or on ESPN.com. Bill, thank you so much for joining. Thanks, buddy. Uh-huh.